Yes, it's Monday. And you know what that means, don't you? Yes, it's time for me and you to talk about ghosts. And I do that via the medium of your amazing stories that you send in, because that's how the show works. Now, we're running to the bottom of the barrel, which isn't an issue, because there are plenty of ghost stories from around the world that I can use. But if you do want your story read out by me, Kevin, hello, send it in to contact at talkaboutghosts.com. But first and foremost, how the devil are you? Answer me. Answer me! Hopefully, you're not as shocked as Chris Rock getting a right hook to the face for telling a joke, albeit a rather tasteless one. Anyway, we don't talk about Oscars here, no, we talk about ghosts, but we also talk about the fact that right now, today, I am sat with a pillow up my jumper as I talk to you. Why? Do I have pain of the stomach? No, I don't. Well, what is the reason, Kevin? Are you pretending to feign pregnancy? No, I'm not. Basically, I put a very lovely jumper that I do love very much in the wash and I put it on a high heat wash and it's come out and it's like a second skin. And if you see me walking down the street, you probably go, look, the Slender Man's not so slender um, because, yeah, it's horrible. So I right now have a jumper up my, oh, not a jumper. I have a pillow up my jumper to try and stretch it out. So hopefully by the end of this show, I'll be walking down the streets and people will be going, look how baggy the front of his jumper is, which is much better than... Why is he naked and painted himself black? So, as you all know, before we start a show proper, we need, of course, to say thank you to our wonderful Patreons who help keep the show alive and well. Now, if you want to sign up to Patreon, you need to go to patreon.com forward slash we need to talk about ghosts. And when you do, not only do you support the show, but you get access to over 200, 200 Patreon-only episodes because I put them out at the rate of two a week. What the hell? hell you say i know that's eight a month just for patreons one is a ramble where it's basically me sounding like this but trying to be funny but also sometimes serious and the other is a paranormal patreon which comes out on a sunday yes so if you enjoy all that sort of stuff and you want to help support the show go over to patreon.com forward slash we need to talk about ghosts just like these wonderful people have the guitar is well and truly out and is wrapped around my pillow belly Okay, we have two wonderful Patreons to say thank you to today. We have Elaine Harold and Amanda Squire. And this is for you. Oh, yeah. Elaine Harold, Amanda Squire, you signed up to the Patreon. You're keeping all those extra shows and you're helping keep the lights on. I, 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 I wanna say I thank you. And we ended it, of course, on a seventh, for it is the holy way. Anyway, thank you guys. Don't forget, go over to patreon.com forward slash we need to talk about ghosts if you want access to all of those extra shows. Anyway, let's have a paranormal review, shall we? Yes, it's time for a paranormal review where I review the paranormal, so you don't have to. I know it doesn't make sense because you wouldn't review something for yourself, would you? But anyway, we're going to review a podcast today, and it's a bloody great one. Yes, it is. There's a spoiler alert for whether it's getting two thumbs up or not. Anyway, the reason I thought we'd do this one is because, you know, I do my other show, The Dark Paranormal, where I go all serious. Well, it releases on the same day as this particular show, and we both have black backgrounds and white writing as a font and when it comes up we're kind of always paired together in my download 
column, if that's a thing. And I thought, you know what? I'll, I always listen to the show. It's always out the same day. Anyway, it's Into the Fray by Shannon Legro. Now, reasons why you should listen to this show is because you're clearly into the wonderful weird stuff because you're listening to this one. Yes? Agreed? Can I get a nod? Anyway, Shannon's show is a lot more long format and it's a lot more, well, it's not that there's no humour within it because there certainly is at times, but it's very much a serious kind of documentary-esque investigation into all things paranormal and high strangeness. And another reason why I like the show is because the phrase high strangeness, I struggle with a lot of paranormal podcasts and paranormal people in the world in general bandy about the phrase high strangeness, like everyone knows what it's meant to mean. But in my mind, it means a show like Into the Fray because she covers um, cryptids, paranormals, UFOs, anything basically. If you're into the world of the weird, it's a show for you. And it's wonderfully done. It's very, um, how to best describe it? This sounds like I'm putting it down, but it's, I mean this as a positive. If I'm doing something around the house, or let's say if I'm playing a computer game which, it, which doesn't require sound, it's one of the shows I put on because I can concentrate whilst it's on. It's great background information going into your brain, I think. But anyway, I won't ramble on so much about it, but I will say go and check it out. Into the Fray, hosted perfectly, perfectly by Shannon LeGrow. So go check it out. Two thumbs to the sky. So it's time for my favourite part of the show, Don't Tell Becca That, where I, of course, read out your listener ghost stories. And I love this. And don't forget, as I said at the start, if you've got a story and you want me to read it out, send it in to contact at talkaboutghosts.com, for that's how the show works. And we've had an email in from Tom, and it's a belter. And Tom writes, Hello, Kevin. Hello, Tom. I'm a keen listener of your podcasts. We need to talk about ghosts and the dark paranormal both of which I came across initially through Amazon Podcasts. How did I say Amazon then? Amazon. Anyway, which I thoroughly enjoy. I was impressed enough to sign up as a Patreon to We Need to Talk About Ghosts and have just discovered your Dark Paranormal podcast, so we'll consider becoming a patron of that as well. Why, thank you very much, Tom. I'm not a fan of social media. Me neither, Tom, but it's essential for me, including Facebook, so I won't get in touch with you through social media as I don't use it. Fair enough but definitely think you're doing a great thing with both podcasts and commend you for doing them both. Thank you, Tom. However, I do wonder if there's... Normally when he says someone says however, they're going to say, I find your accent appalling, sir. Now, let's see. However, I do wonder if there's actually space for a third podcast, perhaps called The Light Paranormal. Interesting, Tom. Will you touch on paranormal events that happen which are unusual, but not as dark or scary as the ones you regale your listeners with? I appreciate everybody likes a scare, but not all paranormal events or the supernatural are dark in nature from my experience. Interesting point, Tom. It also stands to reason that where there is dark, there is light too, including if demons exist, then maybe angels do too. And I think it's worth highlighting that and asking your listeners to share positive supernatural experience they've had too. Hmm. Interesting, Tom. I don't know. Maybe, perhaps, you've started the cogs a-whirring in my head, sir, so let me have a think on that. I thought I'd share with you and your listeners, assuming you share this with your podcast, yes, I will, Tom, listen, three of my most memorable but very different supernatural experiences that explain why I've suggested the above to you. Interesting. Here we go, then. These are Tom's supernatural experiences. I'm currently in my early 50s. 
I've had an interest in the paranormal since a child. I didn't know why at the time, other than I've always been quite empathic, picking up feelings about people or places, particularly those feelings which put you on edge. But as I've gotten older, I've had experiences that lead me to conclude that I have some innate empath and clairvoyant abilities. My first memorable experience happened when I was in my late teens, early twenties. When I was a child of approximately eight years of age, my parents brought an old run-down Georgian farmhouse and surrounding land and stables. It was a farm that had previously bred racehorses and is located on the outer edge of a small village just a few miles from one of the famous racecourses in England. I'm not mentioning the location as my father still lives there to this day. It had been built by one family and lived in until the last member of the family living in the house died there. By the time my parents bought it at auction, it was in an unlivable state. The sole occupant had previously lived in just one room of the house, the kitchen, and the roof and chimney stack had been badly damaged by a lightning strike. The rest of the house was in a shambles, and it needed significant refurbishment just to make it livable, which my parents did over time. Our family are not farmers, by the way, and we don't have racehorses either. I never felt safe, comfortable or happy in that house as a child, suffering regularly from nightmares and night terrors and never having a good sleep. However, it wasn't until my late teens, early twenties, that I had a real waking paranormal experience that at the time frightened me quite badly. The house had a large unheated utility room off the kitchen that had been created from the knock-through off the kitchen to a large storeroom next to the house. One dark and cold winter's night, I heard our family dog, Bruce, who was of mixed breed including Alsatian, Red Setter and Labrador and something else, growling and barking in a menacing way in the house. I realised the noise was coming from the utility room, so I opened the kitchen door into the utility room to investigate. Bruce was in the middle of the utility room, facing away from me in a defensive stance with his hackles raised, his body low and growling and barking in a snarling manner with his teeth bared. But what really scared me was he was looking up as though somebody or something was standing in front of him that he was afraid of, but I could see nothing there. I tried to get his attention to calm him down, but he ignored me. But then suddenly, Bruce stopped snarling and barking, sat back down on his haunches, and acted like he was being patted on the head, and he made sounds of contentment. I was still standing behind him and could see nothing there. Bruce then got up, wagged his tail and turned round to me and headed back through the open kitchen door. I quickly backed out of the utility room and closed the door. The utility room was always cold as an unheated room that contained things such as a chest freezer and I didn't detect it as being any colder than it normally was in winter. What I found so scary is Bruce was very clearly frightened to start off with and yet he reacted as though a stranger he was frightened of had reassured and calmed him down, yet I could see or perceive nothing as being in front of Bruce to make him react that way. I still to this day remain uneasy when I visit my dad at that house, and my old bedroom in particular. The second, most memorable and unexpected paranormal incident happened in my own home in approximately 2018. 
I live in a detached house that was built in 1987 in a large housing estate in a town in the southwest, so it's not that old. It only has a small garden and is overlooked by my neighbours. My wife and I are on our own without children, but just have two dogs. I am open to the paranormal slash supernatural, but my wife isn't as it scares her too much, although she does love horror films of all varieties. But the thought these things could actually exist terrifies her. I, on the other hand, am more open-minded. One seemingly unremarkable slash normal winter's night, I got up from the sofa in the lounge after a night in front of the TV at approximately 9pm as usual. I rarely drink alcohol as I suffer from migraines and headaches, and it's triggered by alcohol, even in very small amounts. So on this night I hadn't been drinking. My wife had just gone up to bed. Our lounge is at the back of the house and has what would have been the back door as one of the doors into and out of it. This back door from the lounge actually now leads into the conservatory that our kitchen opens out into as well. However, we retained the original back door leading into the conservatory, which has twin panes of clear glass in it at the top half of the door. We have a blind on the lounge side of the door that is white and lets in some light but reduces any glare from the sun that comes through the conservatory into the lounge through that door. On this particular night, I got up from the sofa and looked at the back door to see if I needed to turn on the conservatory light before I went through the door. I saw light coming through the door, shining quite brightly. Though it was dark outside, I thought that it was odd that it was so bright, but that was fine. It's probably a neighbour's garden lighting shining into our conservatory, and it would be enough light for me to walk in and go through to the conservatory and into the kitchen, and then turn on the kitchen lights from inside the kitchen. I switched off the floor standing lamp next to me, plunging the lounge into darkness apart from the light coming through the door into the conservatory. I pulled open that door which opened inwards to go into the conservatory, and went to walk through the door, but was dazzled by the light in the conservatory as I faced it so I paused before walking through the doorway. I put my hand up to shield my eyes, whilst they adjusted from the darkness of the lounge to the bright light in front of me. I then realised that, in fact, the dazzling light was figure-shaped and was emanating from something standing or floating in front of me. It was facing me, and it definitely wasn't external light streaming into the conservatory from my neighbours as I'd initially thought. I stood there looking transfixed at the figure in front of me. I was startled, but I wasn't scared as I also felt literally bathed in what I can only describe as an overwhelming feeling of love that was radiating and washing over me from the figure in front of me. In much the same way as you feel heat over your body when you stand too close to an open fire, such as a bonfire. I'm not sure how long this lasted, probably only for a few minutes, but perhaps not even that. As I continued to stare, I could see a face forming where you'd expect the head to be, that had a large smile. At this point, I gathered my wits and decided to switch on the floor lamp in the lounge I was standing next to to see what would happen. To my great regret, the figure disappeared. I immediately switched off the floor lamp to check again and was plunged into total darkness as there was now no light in either the lounge where I was standing or the conservatory I was looking into. I don't know exactly what I saw. Was it a ghost? Some other type of apparition? 
or dare I say, an angel. It didn't have wings that I could see, but the dazzling brightness and overwhelming love emanating from it certainly fits with descriptions of angelic visitations. Let me say though, I am baptised and confirmed Church of England, though a non-practising Christian in reality, as I don't make a habit of going to church. I have no idea why it appeared and what its purpose was, but it did prompt me to research the paranormal quite significantly, and from that perspective, it changed my life, and I do look at life differently now. I've had no other paranormal incidents in my home, and we've lived here for approximately 15 years. My third paranormal incident happened in 2019. An elderly friend of mine who I used to go dog walking with during the week died suddenly after suffering heart trouble. He was in his 80s and it was a shock and sad, but I guess you could say it was his time. My wife and I went to his funeral to pay our respects, as I've had to do over the years as I've had a number of family and friends lost at various times. My friend was cremated and we attended the crematorium and the service. But during the service, I was surprised to see not one but two large gold sparkling globes with what looked like faces appear out of and in front of the coffin. They were indistinct but definitely there and they moved together and were looking at the family members sitting on the left of the church. We were sitting with a group of friends and neighbours that were also attending the funeral. They appeared to me to also be looking at each other and communicating together as though they were discussing the family that were there. I didn't really understand what I was seeing until doing further paranormal research. After this event, I came across the globes slash lights that are captured on cameras crossing rooms etc. And I've also seen a photo of a large globe that appeared to have a face like what I'd seen. The thing is, my friend had lost his daughter when she was 21 years old and I believe I had seen them both reunited at the funeral on that day. I've never seen anything else like that since then, and went to my uncle's funeral just before the first COVID lockdown in March 2020, and I didn't see anything there at the time. What I do believe from these experiences is that death is not the end, which I find reassuring, although I don't really know what happens after death. It is scary to think demons may exist in reality, but if that's the case, I believe angels do too, as I think that good and evil need to exist in a balance. I've shared some of these experiences with family and friends, but not all of them, and this is the first time I've written them down. What I can say is they rarely happened to me, and I've retold them to you just as they happened. Anyway, let me know if you share this on your podcast with your listeners, as I'd be interesting to hear you read it and what reaction you get. Please only share my first name if you read it out. Best regards, Tom. And I did do that, Tom. I only shared your first name. Well done me, because I cut right to the end when you said that, and I normally would have given your surname away. But your stories, or should I say your paranormal experiences, Tom, wow. You know what is really striking about that? I've never heard that described before. And I'm talking, I think all everyone listening now will be in the same boat when they say they've not heard of the two globe, the glittery golden globe things in front of the coffin that started to form faces. Um, I've never heard that. And it's in, so interesting that it wasn't just like a fleeting glimpse. 
You know, you're saying that you've seen them communicate with each other. They were clearly looking and checking out members of the family. I'm probably saying, he's not coming to heaven. He's a bit of a knobhead. You know, things like that. So um, it is fascinating. I mean, I don't know. You've, you've said in there that you now really bang into the paranormal. So you will have undoubtedly come across, um, not a stigma, what's the right word? Sort of the, the, the disbelief around orbs in general. You know, a lot of orbs can be ruled out as dust or as whatever else, you know. So when you see these photographs or video of orbs, they're normally insects or moths or flies or dust particles. It's very easy to recreate. And I say this to everyone. I've, you know, I do a paranormal podcast, obviously. And um, friends of mine send me videos like non-believers get freaked out and send me videos saying, my mate just sent me this, look at this. And it's someone with the torch on their iPhone in a dark room and somebody's hit a blanket and there's dust in the air, but it looks like a sea, like an army of orbs moving in unison because they obviously move with the wind and stuff. And my mates who are disbelievers are terrified by these videos. And I have to point out, listen, even I, you know, you sent them to me thinking I'm going to go, oh my God, that's the army of Mordor, only released by using seven Ouija boards in the shape of a triangle pyramid. But um, no, it's just dust. But what I will say, Tom, is what you're seeing there isn't dust. You know, as far as I'm aware, dust doesn't have a face. And it definitely doesn't... <laughs> dust, as we all know, dust is not a giant gold globe that talks to other gold globes. And if it was, even the ardent of sceptics would have a hard time disproving that or saying that's fake. That's just dust. That's just a giant piece of gold round dust with a face. <laughs> Nonsense. Anyway, Tom, seriously, mate, that's amazing. And thank you for your comments um, about the show and also your suggestion about a third show, The Light Paranormal. I'll be perfectly honest because I wouldn't like to get anyone's hopes up. It's not likely I'll do that. It is likely I'll do a third show. Um, it's not likely it will be that. And the reason for it is, Tom, I think it's a lovely idea. I just don't think it'll get the listenership. I may be wrong. And let me know, guys, all you listeners, if you think Tom's got a good idea with that, let me know. I'm happily, I will happily be proved wrong. But it reminds me of um, the failed newspaper. Did you hear about this? We'd done it in Humanities, which was a lesson we had in school, yes. And it was a lesson they were trying to teach us way back then, like 20-odd years ago, um, 25 years ago now, bloody hell. It was in high school, if you will. And they were trying to... Now, I can only think they were trying to put across the message people are horrible, basically, because there was a company or a group of people in England who said, you know what? I'm sick of every time you pick up the newspaper, it's just bad news. It's war, it's misery, it's crime, it's, you know, inflation, it's stuff like this. Why don't we do a newspaper called Good News? Because people want to hear about good news. And it went bust in about two months because nobody, it turns out, wants to read about good news. And all I'm saying, Tom, is I assume... And I'll say from personal experience, I probably would actually, I probably would listen to a show called The Light Paranormal because it's all, I'm just into the paranormal. But I think a lot of people who um, want to scare, do you know what I mean? I think they listen to stuff for a scare. I might be wrong and I'll be happily proved wrong here. So if any of you guys disagree, then let me know. Maybe we will end up doing it because you'll all absolutely stun me to death and be like, no, actually 99% of us want that, you tit. And I'll be like, oh, sorry. In honour of Tom, then, this is the Light Paranormal. Welcome. Um, so we never know. But Tom, sincerely, thank, me, thank you so much for your stories, mate, because they are brilliant. And I always love it when I hear somebody who's got, like, a bit of a religious background 
albeit not a practicing thing. And I'm not a practicing Catholic, so don't worry about it. Uh, I know you're Church of England, but it's interesting when someone with a bit of a religious background um, finds the paranormal. I'm always interested by that. I'm, I'm, I'm very interested in people's changing of perceptions and beliefs. I really am. I think that's a wonderful, a wonderful thing about humans in general. Humans can be so interesting when you're looking at things like this and how they change their belief systems. Really wonderful, really wonderful. So thank you so much, Tom. And don't forget, if you've listened to that and you've got a story like Tom's, send it in to contact at talkaboutghosts.com. Okay, so we've only got a very short time with Becca today because she, I've never known someone as busy as her. Honestly, if she was a spider, all eight legs would be going. I mean, obviously, when have you ever seen a spider walk on its two back ones and go, I'm just saving the other six for later. Anyway, so let's do that thing we like to do once a week where we crawl into the darkness and macabreness of the skeptics' corner. Ladies and gentlemen, now it is time for Paranormal Reddit Corner with Becca. So here we are in the place we like to call Becca's Reddit Corner. And I'm, of course, with Becca. Hello. Welcome. And you are the busiest person I've ever met at the moment, aren't you? Yes, a little bit, yeah. So we have the pleasure of your company, but only for a short time because you've got <laughs> things to do. Got so many things to do. Places to be, people to see. That's right. Animals to eat. Yes, at least I'm not on a train. So. At least this time you're not on a train. That's mm. quite correct. So how are you doing anyway? How was your trip, your train trip? People want to know. It was okay. Yeah, it was fine. Well, that's full of information there. I think you should write a book. <laughs> I might. Okay, well, there you go. This is today's... Uh, Reddit story I'd like you to read out. Okay. Welcome to Reddit Corner with Becca. Straight to it, I like it. This story is titled, What Can Be Causing These Events Apart From Ghosts? I think a question we all want to know the answer to. Sounds to me like someone's already made up their mind, but okay. Let's begin. Let's begin. Hopefully, someone can other reasons than just ghosts, I presume they mean give. Give other reasons, okay. Every bed, no matter where I am, old beds, new beds... I get the feeling of someone sitting on the bed with me. I feel the mattress dip. At first I thought it was a pet jumping on the bed, but when it continued when away from home, I ruled out the pets. This has been happening for decades, and the areas of the bed dipping the air is colder. Decades? Decades. Right, go on. Out of the corner of my eyes, I often see movement. When I turn, nothing is there. Just me at home, someone threw a cat biscuit at my head very hard. (laughs) (laughs) Only happened the once. Sounds like a naughty cat to me. Sounds like a naughty cat to me. Edit. The feeling of someone sitting on the bed can happen any time. I don't talk about it. Others have noticed it and commented on it. I don't say anything unless they comment first. It has been happening for decades. Ex-girlfriends have noticed. Wow. Mm. Ex-girlfriends soon to become ex-girlfriends when he says, guess what happens to me for decades? They're like, right, see ya. Yeah. And we like to read at least one comment from people who've read that. So what's the advice he's getting given? Someone says it's your mind playing tricks on you. The power of suggestion is strong and you've convinced yourself that this is happening. If you really want to solve it, put a camera in your room. The bed intentation would be visible. I can assure you, you won't see anything. Ooh, I like that one though. Snarky, but I like it. Someone's replied, what about the biscuit? Did they telepathically whip it at their own head? Oh, so they're in response to that comment. Mm. Trying yeah. to be snarky back. Yeah. Well, very good. So, Becca, what's your stance on that? I don't want to be insensitive. Really? Sounds like you're about to, <laughs> said the person who's yeah. clearly about to be insensitive. It's always a warning, that, isn't it? When someone says, I don't want to, but then they mm. are. Um, is there any chance that this person weighs more than they think they weigh? What? 
I didn't think that was coming. Well, I'm just saying there's an indentation on the bed. Like, well, there will be one there. I don't know. I. It's probably them. It's Are probably you trying to them. psychically fat shame here? No, no, because it's it's not shaming in any way. It's just saying, might this be it? Mm. So you think, but they're saying, so wait there. If you're lying in bed, mm. right? Yeah. They're saying that something else is sitting on the corner of the bed. They didn't say the corner. All right, well, that's what I surmised. Why did you surmise that? that but what I mean is, it's, it's an external weight. It's not them, their weight. How do you know? That's I kind know, of my point. Listen, listen, this is Steve, my good friend Steve, no, who wrote this. What's he weigh? To be fair, he's a bit of a <laughs> half a lump. No, it's it's not. As I said, there's nothing shaming about it. It's just, might it be them? Might they be making more of an indent than they expect to? Okay. Well, and also, every single bed. Like, I'm just not buying it. Like, what if this ghost following them round and the second get into bed sits down and has a rest? Like, I'm, yeah, I'm just not Yeah, and also, it. decades. Is this person like a vampire or something? Because let's... Let's say you'd start noticing it in between the ages of 10 and 20, mm. right? So that means one decade would be about 25. Mm. Two decades would be 35. Yeah. 45, I still don't think you'd call three decades. Decades! So, you know, I think you'd have to be like 70 before you'd say it's been happening for decades. Well, it could be 45 and then it's been happening for three decades. Yeah, but you'd say that. I'm 42. I don't say, oh, you know what, I've done this for decades. Well, maybe you want to start. I don't. What ages you that? What have, <laughs> what have you been doing for decades? Masturbating. No, <laughs> God, I probably have. That shouldn't go in there. I'll, I won't edit that out because you know we're all adults here, <laughs> apart from the kids who listen. Anyway, moving swiftly on. I don't even know what to what to say. I forgot your family listened to this. Don't you? <laughs> um, yeah, no, no, don't edit anything on on my account. You no, I won't. I won't. You know, it was a joke anyway. Well, stop. Yeah, I'll move swiftly on anyway. So, what have you got planned for the rest of your day? Um, Work, obviously. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You're under the cosh, aren't you? As they say in the. Yes, under the cosh. Yeah, we might have to go out tonight. What? Not like out for a meal, out out to P and Q, out. Right, fun. Okay, well, um, anything supernatural or paranormal you want to say? Um. No, I don't think so. Are you done with that story? Yeah, yeah, we're done with that story. Okay. What about the biscuit at the head? Um, they've got a poltergeist. I mean, this is a ghost podcast. It's hardly unusual, but I just wanted your take on it. What do you think about the biscuit at the head then? Cat. The cat threw the biscuit. What cat. to say? Feed me cat. by throwing food. It should be eaten. Really good, clever cat. Yeah. Clever cat. Okay, fair enough. Mm-hmm. Yes, it'd be interesting if they do have. Obviously, they've got cats. The cat biscuit winner is head. Unless he eats animal food. Yeah, I mean, that'd be weird if you had cat biscuits and didn't have a cat. Well, yeah, maybe that's the most paranormal thing of the whole story. Um, Okay, Becca, well, as always, thank you for your time. You're welcome. And, um, you know, your your diary permitting, we may see you again on the next one. Hopefully. Okay. Thank you for visiting Reddit Corner with Becca. You're very, uh, you're very welcome. We're very welcome. um, We're very happy. (laughs) Okay, thank you. Bye, Becca. (laughs) 